in the sunshine. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of other persuasions. Um, we are God's Best Kids podcast. Welcome back. I'm Harrison, joined as always by Ophiong. How are we this morning, sir? I'm feeling alive. I'm feeling well. Happy to be here. That is my top priority, I'd say, when I wake up, is to make sure I'm alive. That is normally quite hard there. Just happy uh, to be here. Done much this week? Um, nothing on real notice. Uh, yeah, just played, played football. Um, oh, went out for food for a friend's birthday. Went to a Japanese restaurant called Sansai in Manchester. Um, would really recommend it. It was lovely. Cool. Yeah. What about you? No, I, honestly, I can't think of anything. Um, I'm pretty sure I did something. Oh, I went to West Ham Villa. That's so. That's a bit random. I can't lie. Yeah, my mate's got season tickets, and he had one going. So he... what? I'm the Amers. West Ham. Yeah. So. What? Oh, that was one one, right? Yeah, really depressing match to watch as well. To be honest, like, really, why? Two teams that two managers that just didn't want to win. Like you know, when you're so low down the league that you're gonna take a draw out of security so that you get a point yeah. closer to saving you from relegation than trying to win anything after like the sixtieth minute when it was one all, nothing happened. David Moyes didn't make a substitution until the 80th minute. Like, you had yeah. Danny Ings versus Tyrone Mings. So Danny Ings was just getting manhandled all the time. They have Gianluca Scamacca on the bench, who they didn't use once. Like, they brought on Corne as a striker instead, who's similar profile to Ings in terms of the physicality versus Mings. Like, he still got manhandled. He was just a bit faster, I think, because he got the better of him a couple of times when Ings didn't and that was it yeah that's that's fun though what's the what's the London Stadium like a bit meaty <laughs> safe that, that's that's the answer um yeah um I I don't it's not it's not anything special there's yeah the, the way that people say there's no atmosphere like there's there is atmosphere because it's like a group of people fucking singing and shouting in unison, which it's like always going to create an atmosphere. But I've, mm. I've 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 been to like Saracens games with more atmosphere than that. Is that telling? Well, yeah, because it's like half the people, even maybe a third of the people, depending on the game, and they're a lot for like both in both situations. They're not the closest to the pitch, like. That's that's the worst thing about being in the Olympic Stadium is that you've got a running track in between. That means that oh, you do. It's it's very European though, isn't it? Like a lot of the Italian teams have that. Lidi, don't they? I think Napoli do. Yeah, they do. Syria could be returning to Naples, and maybe the Champions League. If you listen to what Pep says, because he always 
He's such a dickhead. He's like, oh, I'm going to make my opponents seem so good before we play them so that if we lose, then we lost to the best people. And if we won, we beat the best people. He's such a PR manipulator. It's so annoying. Yeah, they all are. you got to learn to play the game. Um. Anyway, this week, um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is a question I sent you straight after we finished our last podcast basically and right. a, sto- a story that it relates to and you had absolutely no clue where the hell it came from so am I related to Boris Johnson the well, based off outfit today Probably very likely, I reckon. Um, on Friday the 3rd of March, my cousin sent in a screenshot of a family tree. Now, we have a very big family tree currently. Like, one of my great uncles manages it. Um, there's, He's currently found 6,000 or something links that we've got at the moment. So, like, it's a pretty good family tree, right? Um. Stanley Johnson's mother, so Boris Johnson's mother, is a lady called Frances Beatrice Lowe. Oh. So a screenshot of the family tree between Frances Beatrice Lowe and Boris Johnson was sent into the family group chat saying, are we related to Boris? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And instantly I was in two minds because like, Half of me was wondering if I could get a loan from Richard Sharp, and the other half of me was like wondering if I have to basically condemn myself forever. So I did a bit of research, and it turns out there are two different lows, right? I was thinking, you know, we're the working class lows, realistically. Like my granddad's from Elton, my, my nan's from Lambeth, all of their family were military from up north. There's no way we're related to Boris Johnson. But then this is, we have a few people in our family called Francis. So you never know. Um, but there turns out Boris is a German low. He's he's one of those, uh, the name's Lowe or whatever, L-O-E-W. And they changed it to low when they came to England. I assume they didn't get prosecuted for being Nazis. Damn. So that is just a little story of, I don't know, 10 minutes of chaos within the Lowe family. You had five minutes of fame? Well, it was was five minutes of terror, really. I don't don't imagine a world where that's a good thing. Like, if if his children don't know him, why would I get any benefits? Welcome back, sir. Um, yes, having many technical difficulties. Yeah, sorry, sorry for the rude interruption. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't know if anyone really, really has a burning desire to hear about how not related I am to Boris Johnson. Um, You'd be surprised. So, do you have any famous relatives that you're aware of? Yeah. No, I actually don't. But there is another Ophion, Ophion Bassi, and she's um 
شيء اس شيء يا شيز شيء شيز سينجر شيز سينجر she's an african soul jazz and gospel singer songwriter producer and a poet as well yeah so, sure is someone else okay we know all about your alter ego <laughs> um let me see how successful she is um on spotify because that's a that's a good measure okay cool she's got 20 monthly listeners <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> How many monthly viewers we get? So. Yeah, she's just as famous as me, so I guess I'm famous. I see the name Low, for example. I'm like, I wonder if that person is or isn't. Oh, so I like, see the place for Ajax. That's my cousin. So I ask, like, are you, have you ever like considered that you are? And I to Bassi. Yeah, that's the place for Ajax. Um, yeah, there's a like possibility, hundred percent. Cool. Um, but I guess we never know. Yeah, I was gonna. Huh? To fly you out for a match. To Amsterdam. I can't just hit him up in DMs claiming to be this long lost. Uh, you you have to like next. Next time you're in Nigeria, like talk to anyone that is part of your family and ask them as many questions as you can about and just go on an investigative trail that will take you probably a few hundred miles of different people. Like so so you know Calvin, right? You're you're his dad, right? So are you my auntie's cousin? Oh, you are. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is I'm basically <sighs> as well, and you and so I'm Calvin's brother, so I I can get Ajax tickets. Yeah, cool. Calvin, I'm sure he's got enough of that. To be honest, Bassie's a popular name. Um, it would be quite cool though. To be fair, have a, have a cousin in the industry. <laughs> See if he can get me a few trials here and there. I can I can become the Nepo baby. Hmm. Mm. Talking about that, um, have you seen who our Eurovision Song Contest lady is? Our entrant. No. Her name is May Muller. Muller with like the little double dot over the top of it as well. The accent. Um, seems like German. A, yeah, right. It seems seems very German. Um, talking of Nepo babies, this is. That is until you decide to look into her. And you see that her dad's last name is Malik. And then you find out that her brother is Zayn Malik. So... Shut the fuck up. Really? Yeah. So, like... Her brother is Zayn Malik. May Miller... And Zayn Malik aren't very similar names. Like, like, did they just say, right, we need something that makes you different from Zayn so that you don't get accused of that? Well, that's probably her choice. Yeah, but why did she choose Miller? Like, like I, was, I, was, I said, does it? Mum's name's her, I don't care. 
that much about it to like go into a deep investigation and like it either is or it isn't it makes sense I reckon, I reckon she did it to detach from the Malik name so she wouldn't like be a leper baby and be like oh I made it out on my own uh, yeah, I suppose. Because I, I reckon if you were part of the industry, you would want, like, if you were part of the like, manager, you'd be like, oh, let's ride the Malik name. And, like, you know, we could have a brother, sister, yeah. duo that would sell so much. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. No own idea, to be fair. Um, Is he the one that's dating someone, like, American and famous? Indeed. No. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one. Gigi, I think. Yeah, oh, I, I was gonna go Bella. Oh, I think it's Gigi. I think Bella's. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know which one. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know who too. Um, but speaking of LA superstars, yeah, Kim Kardashian was at Arsenal game yesterday. She was at a what game? The Arsenal game. Ooh. What? That was a well. I don't really, mixed reaction. I don't really know how to feel about that. If she could tell me after watching that match, three players on the pitch, then I would take back everything I just said. I think her kids like Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know to be honest. I don't. I don't know her personally. Um, all her kids were like chanting like Saka, Saka. When he was about to take a pen, take his penalty. Oh, that's quite. That is quite cute, but it's really weird. Mm. All they aid us was choose us. Like I remember Rihanna came, and like I don't know, bare heads. Well, that's that's because you're American. One hundred percent. Because you're American owned, and also probably like you also put priority on like. You know, the Emirates is just a bit. Don't know how to explain it. It's it's the most, I guess, luxurious kind of stadium there is. To be honest, like Wait, what? It, for me, like the out of stadiums I've been in, it's the most luxurious in terms of like you feel like, like you you almost have your own seat in a way. Like, like in every other stadium, you just feel like you're crammed in. Yeah. Or in the Emirates, it's like. You know, you can relax and have a nice little day at the pool mm. and do what you want. So, yeah, I think yeah, you get you get like padded seats. Yeah, exactly. And you've got rooms like you've got space. It's it's weird having mm. space on a, in a football ground. Yeah, you do. Um. So, and then yeah, every every team fights to be the London team, but when you're the team that's first of all at the top of the league, second of all owned by an American so you have links to most A-list celebrities because most A-list celebrities are American so if you're going to favour a club it's going to be you and you've built up this relationship like you can say Chelsea are now American owned but they've not been American owned for long enough to like have built up a relationship with A-listers as much so yeah, yeah. you guys are the... and of course we've got an, a young American as well Obviously not Stan Kroenke, but Josh Kroenke. He's kind of running the thing. So, like, whereas they've got Bowley and he's, like, 65 or something. So. He doesn't know what he's doing. 
Listen, I, I listen. I've seen Zion. I hope Chelsea don't do anything special this season. But Potter, Potter seems to be cooking from what he's saying. He's saying we're going to win the fucking Champions League. That's a quote as well. I, I don't want him to get sacked. To be fair, I think. I think. But you can't. You have to look at him at Brighton and go. There's, there's, there's clearly a manager there. It's not. But then again, he's not. He's also clearly not up to managing this level of player power, seemingly. Nah, it's not that. It's just, a, it's just like the amount of players that like I saw a Chelsea training video. There's bare players in the gym. But then again, you, you are right. Like the step up for managing the egos would be pretty, pretty noticeable. Like yeah, because like you, you go to Brighton, where basically everyone is trying to make it, and then it's if you're a player for Chelsea in your head, you've already made it. So like you can kind of, you kind of give this whole vibe of being more important and being a bit more proud of yourself, or whatever. Yeah, who would you rather play for? Chelsea uh, say they offer you the same money, they're in the same competitions. Brighton. Why? Um Brighton's a nice place. Brighton's a quieter place. It's closer to my home. It's still an hour away from London if you get the good train. Um it's it's just a bit nicer, isn't it? Like it's it's like I mean, everyone calls it London. London. Everyone calls it London by the sea, anyway. So, you know. And Chris Eubank lives there. So, he lives in Brighton. Yeah, I've met him. Yeah, I know. That's that's where I met him. Harrison. Harrison was it? Do you like some tweets? Because I remember you. Doing an impression of him, and you said Harrison got a lisp. Well, you shouldn't make no, 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 no. When someone's speaking and they have like a stutter, you shouldn't. Apparently, we've been doing this recently, and I you shouldn't, you shouldn't go like, like, yeah, because uh, apparently it, re- it makes it a lot worse. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel that's so bad. <laughs> and obviously, that's all that happens like in school, so peak, but. Yeah, that reminds me. So the reason, yeah, exactly. That's something. Like, yeah, like, but the reason I spoke to Chris Eubank that day is because my grandfather was a boxer, and that's quite a you know, a working class. It's called a proletariat sport. If we're going to be, you know, academic about it, but. I just want to ask, why the hell is this country so obsessed with class and, like, dividing people and focusing on what class people are? Well, the royal family, that's the reason. Um, Through the centuries, like, the royal family, this idea of being ruled over, um, they're the people we should look up to, kind of, do you know what I'm saying? Um, they, they were like chosen by God. Yeah. So then the rest of us just fit in. Do you know what I mean? Um, private schools. I feel it was pretty reinforced there. 
and like exclusive things, access to perhaps private healthcare and yeah. And then race, immigration, and also religion as well, also have a massive factor to play and how they play, like how they kind of merge and coincide with each other. But I feel like class is a massive thing here, whereas in America it's not like as big of a thing. Well, interestingly, yeah. Um, the reason it's more about race. Yeah. That is, well, the reason that is is because of wealth versus. So, in England, and a lot of people make this mistake. Um, in England, is like assuming wealth is material based, and it's not. Like an upper class nice. person can be completely bankrupt. An upper class person can have as much money as a working class person, or a working class person can be. A millionaire but it's still working class because that's where they come from in america you're immediately upper class if you have more money than everyone else yeah like and this is like i've, I've had a few discussions with people about like class and you can tell they don't quite see that difference because a lot of people think it's about money when it's not it's it's nothing to do mm. with like status and yeah it's belonging exactly in england it's it's about where you come from and what you do but instead of you know how much you have in the bank account like that's that's why new money that's why the term new money in england is more offensive than it is in america like you have the nouveau riche um that upper class people look down on because you know, if if we can tell you've got money, but you're for you're working class, it's you're, you're still working class because you're not you're not one of us. And yeah, but like I, so, the reason I bring this up is like I went on my TikTok for the first time in about four months yesterday. Ooh. Like every, every other TikTok that came across my feed was like, you know, some guy doing an impression of like posh or upper class or middle class people and then like people and then like actual upper class and middle class people and then like videos of other people talking about why they hate the middle class or upper class and I'm just like I don't want to see any of it and then like you have the other you have like the, the country people who abuse their like upper middle status and commercialize it and like make tiktoks showing their lifestyle like about oh look how mm. uh, how many barber jackets i own and how things in my house that are particularly middle class and all of that like just just be yourself well, why do you care yeah. i think that um for kids i think that's what highlights the sheer like difference and separation because obviously it's on such an accessible worldwide platform tiktok that most kids from like six seven would probably be seeing that maybe not but you know it's there it's accessible and then kind of that's the thing that kind of like reinforces it as well because they're like oh i'm very like it just separates you. And then when you come to uni, you kind of see it as well. Sorry. 
not sure. If... Did you see it? Um, maybe not the country, but yeah. I, I is that uh, yeah? Not in my uni, because in in my uni, I I was the Tory. Right down. Um, as as many of your friends, when you like Snapchat them videos of us together, will constantly call me a Tory. Um, but then like you know, my housemate who moved in in like second year because he had a job somewhere, but he went to uni of Nuts. Um, he was very much that privately educated, and I got on with all his mates better than probably anyone I met at uni. And that's because... Because there's, there's there's just less judgment in terms of, like, they saw me as part of them, whereas, like, I always have been a little, been a little bit, you know... I want you at you, Tory. When I'm, 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 I'm from a very mud bloody family. Like, I, I have majority working class family. I just have one upper class grandparent who married down quite away, and then he, and it, but like my nan that he married wants to be like upper class upper middle class so she's tried her hardest her whole life to be like this woman that like she aspires to be that she thinks upper middle people are which they're actually nothing like because if if someone like from the classes that my nan wants to be saw her house they would hate it but she thinks it's the way to be. She thinks it's the way to dress. But either way, they hammered into me like the right way to be and the snobbery and blah, blah, blah from young age. I ignore all the snobbery because anyone is anyone and I don't care. Like, But I still have, you know, the whole, these are the forks we use to eat this with and this with and that. You're so out of touch. Listen, in my household... You use whatever forks there are, mate. What, what is what? What do you mean by forks? Like what fork? I don't get the differences. Forks are forks, mate. Yeah, but you have different. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, I don't have different forks. I can't lie. So got different foods. But this is the thing, right? Why are people so obsessed with like being different to each other, or like, like um. I, I, compared to like other people, have a very different um, understanding of how like, and yeah, when I went to other people's universities, it really proves because you'll be in a room of people and you'll say something that in your local area sounds very normal. and then like, like it, it, it's the thing about, yeah, it, it's quite hard to be self-aware when it's all you've ever known. Like, I remember one time I was in Kim's kitchen talking to her and some like flatmates, and I was said something about, yeah, you know, like just in front of the orchard in front of the house. 
which looking back at that or even in that moment I caught myself straight away and I was like yeah okay now I am like that's not a normal thing right like it's just not that's a... mm. but people are so like obsessed on that hating people that say that kind of thing like oh you're so but mate, I, I, I've just not had a different life that has taught me these things. I'm understanding it now, but I didn't. I would never have understood it before because everyone I know has like the same upbringing as me. Yeah. Quite. Huh? Had some of my friends. I'm quite like not well off. Like if I, I could say my the orchard in front of my house. My mate down the road could say the orchards that we own around our house. Orchard is crazy. Orchard, orchard this, orchard that. I'll orchard you in a minute, mate. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I hear that. I'm like not a personality trait, huh? People just need to treat it like it's not a personality trait. It is for a lot of people though. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I just think sick hit uni, the, the private school stuff is really like, it's accelerated. It's uh, much more visible, I feel. And like, the people from privileged and wealthy backgrounds kind of dressing down and um, you know, but, uh, going to charity shops and, you know, stuff like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, it's very cliquey, first of all, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, it's very cliquey. But, you know, okay, so it's actually very common for people of upper middle to go to charity shops. That is like, they're more likely to buy a piece of clothing from a, cha a charity shop than they are potentially to buy it from a high street retailer. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's supposedly a bit of a, because upper middle people don't very often have the ability to like go, oh look, what a bargain, because they typically have the wealth to buy whatever they want and go and be like a bit ashamed about it. Like they can't bring up the price because they didn't save any money on it. And it's a stupid piece of clothing that anyone around them would be like offended that you are suggesting that I could buy such a thing because I can't. Um, so when they go to charity shops, they can then go, oh, look how for a four pound 50 for this nice shirt. Right. Mm. And now we've and and now you've got thrifting. Um yeah. And that's accelerated the prices as well, really middle class thing. If you saw the clips. Good. Oh yeah, we got a clips YouTube channel now. We do. Which it's, I like. I I've 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 started the progress. It's this is nice. This is Harry This is Harry Appreciation Moment, everyone. This is the this is the man behind everything you see. I I can't lie, I don't do much at the moment. Not yet, not yet. Soon come though. Well, I was thinking about this is, I would this is the brains behind it. I would happily like teach you anything you need. Like, yeah. Just yeah, I would, I would happily learn. 
but I would like to burden a little bit. Huh? I wouldn't mind shifting a little bit of the burden sometimes, just purely out of some. It's like sometimes, like like this week, for example, which I have to apologise for the podcast. Like it got edited on the Wednesday, and it's still not like fully up there yet because. So it's going to come out this weekend. So that's probably quite bad. But that's because of YouTube. That's nothing to do with me. But but this is the brains behind everything, everyone. So appreciate this, man. Thanks. Thanks. But what I was going to say was... GBK family, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. What I was going to say was, um, funnily enough, lower class people, like working class people, commonly are quite ashamed to use charity shops which is like quite interesting like unless they have to but even then they're ashamed too because they are ashamed that they don't have enough money to shop at something more like yeah it's in like my grandparents are a perfect example right they they don't they don't like charity shops as much they like shops where you can buy everything at the same price as a charity shop but it's thrifting or it's like a bargain or whatever so it's fine but like if you go to a charity shop, then oh no, that's people, people, and it's it's always people that like aspire to be higher. Do like the opposite of what the actually higher class people do because they think it's classy, and then I think the people that are higher class might view it as like oh well, those people think we do this, so we're not going to, and it's basically like a battle of people trying to look like they're part of one thing more than they're part of another thing. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's weird compared to that. I feel, do you think it's a European thing? I don't I don't know. Um, did you see like the clip of Harry Hill going around where he was speaking about how being um, middle class is potentially harder than being upper or lower in terms of you don't have a group. You don't necessarily belong to one or the other. Like, they both reject you. And, like, um, and everyone in the comments, oh, it's bullshit. Like, if I was middle class, I'd be so much happier than me. Um, mm. Which isn't true, by the way. Because, like, again, it has nothing to do with wealth. If you're working class and you're unhappy, that's nothing to do with necessarily, like, middle class wouldn't fix that for you. Um, and to be honest, I agree with some words he says. I don't know if I've spoken about it before, but there's this weird thing for me where people, like I said, at uni, for example, reject you because like you're a Tory because you have a certain voice or a certain way you dress. But then out here, for example, I'm very much like a, like a sore thumb, like I stick out, like I'm not privately educated. I am not part of like this lot that you know i don't i don't have the correct um i don't act correct in society the way that these people want me to so therefore like because i don't have actually all of that so like, I'm, mm. I'm in the middle and it's like but at the same time there's parts of it that's a blessing because it means that in some ways you can kind of like float around a bit more like you're a bit more accepting of everything yeah but it does it does like sometimes get to you actually like well i'm not a Tory. just one of you guys one of you guys let me in well it is um 
it's quite interesting because like I was reading here, it, like I was reading it, was, it can be traced back to the fuel, like the feudal system from the Middle Ages, and then obviously the Industrial Revolution of like nineteenth century and like eighteenth, and like the wealth of factory owners and merchants became upper class, and obviously the workers and the peasants were the lower classes, and then. And then, yeah, as I said, it can, various, like, education, social networks and cultural attitudes as well. And the elite private schools in the UK often provide a pathway to top universities where that is a, universities for networking for those people. It's not about the degree. But university is about networking now anyway, to be honest, because we've become a more... I'd up it more nepotized. I don't know. Is that a word? Yeah. I perhaps. Even if it isn't, I can understand it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously from university where you can spend your dad's money on whatever class A drugs you deem appropriate at the time um, to <clears throat> getting prestigious jobs at top law law firms or um, accountancy firms or what, whatever industry to be honest and even I think it's particularly prevalent in the, in the arts as well it's like perform perform yeah you're shaking your head but do you want to say something you look like you want oh, to say I'm just something agreeing with you. I'm just agreeing with you okay yeah uh, I, I'm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like particularly in the arts, um, because I was this is this, you don't you don't like this, but the diary was here with Cole Sprouse, yeah, and it's like he was saying how when you come from an affluent background and you have all this money at your disposal, you you work on the cool projects that might not even pay you as much or don't pay you at all, and then you can meet and then people will be like, oh wow, that's a really cool thing, but when you're like broken you come from a working class background you don't get to do cool projects you don't get to be picky of what you do you, you've got to take what you can kind of thing and you might not have worked on the cool projects so you might just have to go for the ones that perhaps pay really well but don't follow don't align with your views or your values or what you love doing take it take it take it ahead you look like you've got something to say no, no, I'm just I I agree with that insight. Um, from like, 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 yeah. I mean, there's a reason I've not been forced to get a job yet. For example, like I'm allowed to do what I want more than other people might be able to. But again, I am from a bit of a mud blood background. So like, my mum, who is her dad, is like a favorite daughter like they had a really good relationship and her dad is like the upper middle class one um she's like built into me like you know do what you want you know <laughs> then you go to my grandparents house and like as nice as they are about it you can tell underneath whatever they're saying they're basically screaming at me going why the fuck haven't you got a job yet because that they're both working class and their whole attitude towards it is the first opportunity you have no matter what field it's in and no matter what it is doing you take it 
Like I was working at a farm four months ago and they were perfectly content with me doing that for the rest of my life. Like, I'm sorry. I I enjoy working there. I love I love the boss. Like I'm I'm working for him next month, but <laughs> it's it's not me, right? Yeah. It's, it's a nice place to work and it's a nice job, but it's just not me. But they wouldn't like, yeah. They don't have they've never had the ability to fail. Like they come from a place where you have to like make it out, basically. Like if you're not always earning money, then you're not necessarily eating. Yeah. Um I definitely see that. I think that can be similarly applied at university at the moment, mate. A lot of people have the ability to like go traveling like you can take a year six months a year out because you've been given that freedom and you don't always have to be earning money whereas if you come from a certain background you feel the pressure to get a job mm. so that because like you said if you're not earning you're not eating basically and your family isn't either so yeah it's all very it's it's interesting and it's complex as well and it's 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 more prevalent day to day. I feel. Yeah, and that's that's the weird thing. It's like it it needs. I wish we were probably more like Americans. Like I I wish in in terms of class, like class in America doesn't mean shit because all it just means oh. is how much money you've got. Like I wish it was like that here because the underlying like little like every little thing that you have to conform to or whatever. And like, for example, you can go to a, like if, if I'm in a pub with like some working class lads, like everything out there is out in the open. Like, like the shit is flying left, right, center, like constantly. When I'm, when I'm in the same situation with like upper middles, it's, like what you said about uni, like it's almost like a networking event all the time. Like every single thing you do when you're introduced to like new people of like the upper middle class is like, you know, oh, um, where'd you go to school? Testing the water out to see if I like you. Like, do you reckon um, all this plays in with jealousy as well? Like, I remember reading something quite a while ago, and it's like. In America, if you get like a new car, shiny new toy, like yeah. a Lamborghini, for example, everyone's like, yes, dude, that's sick. Like, congrats. Like, what do you do kind of stuff? And in the UK, everyone's like, you're dickhead. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's prick. Stuff yep. like that. You never know what they could, they might have done to earn it. Like, they could have come from the, the, um, the most unstable background and they've really worked their ass off for it but just in the uk if you've got anything remotely nice or you know anything that sets you apart from perhaps the normal person you're just like oh is that prick well, well this is it right like this is why this is why i talk about like mud blood family this is why i like the phrase mud blood for me because like People see me as that, you know, oh, you prick, you've like got this whole 
and I understand it. Like I'm definitely luckier than some people. Part of that though, actually a lot of that is because I'm an only child. Like my parents have saved a fortune not raising another child. Like the, the lifestyle I have is definitely related to that quite heavily. Like I can imagine I wouldn't have a lot of things I do because money would be that much tighter. But um, it's it's like they don't buy things for me. It, it, we we're not of that money like we're not i'm not supported as such unless i read like, unless i'm gonna like die starve or something they don't give me money mm. and, and like people like you know they'll see a certain watch that i wear and go oh you fucking well i bought that with my own money like you can do the same thing i had a really shit job at Tesco's, which my best mate also worked at. And like, I bought that with my own money. And you, anyone can work at Tesco's, like, it's not a fucking hard job. Yeah. And nothing. Yeah. Like but like, people just... build these stories. It's, it's the same. And yeah, you're right. Because people around here, you'll see, like, I don't know, let's say a guy called Dylan builds a house down the road, right? Builder, Dylan, right? 90% of these curtain twitchers will go, oh, I fucking, that, that new money, whatever the, he's, oh, like, he, he, he shouldn't be having that money. That's, that's for people like us. Like, oh. And like, it, it, yeah, it goes both ways. Like, if you're up, you're trying to keep the other people down. And if you're down, mm. Anytime someone else goes up, you're like, well, you shouldn't be any better than I am. Yeah. We're just such a horrible country, to be honest. Yeah. Why? I want to ask you, should we emigrate? And if so, where to? So good, so good. Um, I reckon we should emigrate. I think a lot of people our age are, from the vibe I've got, I mean, I'm in quite a small, um, small bubble here at uni. Um. Yeah, I think we should emigrate. Um, there's plenty of opportunities abroad. Um, the UK is like the most expensive it's ever been. Um, the economy's shrinking. It's tough to get jobs out there. Just the whole vibe of the country. What's going on in Parliament? It's just a bit of a mess. It's impossible to buy a house in in London, where most jobs tend to be. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Anywhere, um, people are earning good wages. Like in terms of like they're only like thirty five grand a year and still have to move home and live with their parents just to save a bit of money. As you didn't ask cool earlier, like a woman who's like twenty seven earning in a very good job, earns like thirty three k, thirty five k, has to go home. Even though, and that's with a partner as well, by the way. Yeah. Like, so, I was so it's even more difficult. I was in the pub with um a friend of the show mr phillips yeah and he works at amazon he makes good money right he can't move to london like he makes probably north of 10k more than i would make if i got a graduate level job and he still can't move out yeah what hope for me i can't move out yeah 
Um, yeah, it's just the UK just seems like bad vibes at the moment. It's a difficult place. Uh, and I think before Brexit, having a UK passport and being a UK citizen meant you could work anywhere in a lot of places within the EU and within Europe. And we had this exchange of talent where like foreign talent will come here, British talent will go over there, these different places. And now since Brexit, that's not possible. But it um, was, to... it was sorry. also, sorry, it was like also the most like valuable passport. Like not only yeah. did we have the EU relations with like all of the EU had that. So like we're level with them there. But then because we are unfortunately the colonial powerhouse we are, like all of these countries dotted around the world, we have really good relationships and connections with. And specifically, there are a lot of English speaking countries that are citizens as well. Have like, We have good trade deals with them and we have the good ability to just, you know, nip over there, acclimatise to their layout and be accepted in their culture. <coughs> Loads of people don't have that. We had that. We still have that in those English speaking countries, but the EU, not anymore. No. Mm. Like, I think Brexit has opened some kind of floodgates. Mm. Like it's it's just let people be a bit more angsty. Like particularly the we want our country back tribe. I would I would say they got a win. So it kind of validated their opinions. Hearing too many languages on the tube. I'd I'd say it validated their whole like opinions like you know right we've we've won we've won the vote so you know we must be thinking correctly and but yeah i still love london though like i love how multicultural it is how inclusive it is and i think that's a lot of things and that that's the main reason keeping a lot of um young black people and young people from perhaps ethnic minorities from moving out of London, even though it's really expensive. Like the only places you can really move to is like somewhere like Birmingham, where it's it's smaller. Yeah. But like you can't simply just like grow up in London or in such a diverse setting where you're not endangered at all in terms of like people aren't going to look at you in a certain way or you you don't expect to get any kind of comments or do you know what I mean? And then you can't expect them to say, oh, if you find London so expensive, just move somewhere else. Where It's not that easy, unfortunately, to go either domestically or even abroad, especially if you've been accustomed to such a liberty in London. Like It's so it's, it's brilliant to have that, but unfortunately it's not like that all around the country as well. Like if you move to, I don't know, I don't know, just anywhere else, to be honest. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to slander any place, like especially if I haven't been there. Londoners have a reputation of being rude oh, and dismissive, yeah. and I think New Yorkers have that. New Yorkers have that um, reputation as well. But do they only have that reputation because the rest of the US is so overwhelmingly positive and annoying? See, that's just a British thing you saying they're so 
overwhelmingly positive and annoying because like this country there's not an ounce of positivity from anyone ever right just paint a scene right it's a lovely morning in lake como you're sitting in the breakfast bar like eating your whatever i was eating pancakes eating your pancakes you got your little blood orange um drink juice right. a little bucks fizz too and it's nice and peaceful everyone's enjoying the vista everyone's looking out at the lovely lake with the boats going past and what a sunny morning this is good morning y'all how are you oh i can't help that i'm so who invited you to speak to the room by the way where were what is this like a hotel this was in a hotel yeah some that might just be someone that can't read social cues see that's not uh, yeah i i don't mind the overwhelmingly positive people um but definitely so where would you emigrate to if you were to emigrate um my picks are france or new zealand yeah New Zealand's very small, but and it's very far away. But yeah. New Zealand's a sick country. Loads of people go to Australia, right? And you want to be different and edgy. No, I've said before, I I think I've said I've said it at least a couple of times in the last week to other people. But to me, Australia's like American England. And then New Zealand is um, like English Australia. I think what you said first with the that what what you said first about Australia mm. is like America and England. I think that's so true. Yeah, like when I went there, it's pretty true. Yeah, like it, that's it just what, that's what it felt like to me actually. Like I I don't know how I thought of that. It just I think it's because it's like you've taken the humor and absolute bastardness of the English and then made it all a bit happier via injecting a bit of American fuel in there. Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's pretty fair to say. Uh, um, yeah, Australia's a nice, nice country. But I just think like England is so small and like, we don't have much to do. In like our summers, whereas Australia, they they can. I mean, we we can surf as well, but the wildlife, these forests and camps and shit, like we don't really have. I don't. I just feel like the sun shines more over there. It's very grey and miserable here. We'll, we'll see that, but they share a similar climate with New Zealand, right? And New Zealand is a beautiful country. I've never been there, but I really want to go. We've got a lot of family over there, and also like. As I've said, the American positivity annoys me. So I feel like, despite the Australians being partly English, the slight part of American positivity that they also incorporate into their personality might also annoy me. So I feel like New Zealand is just a bit more me. Yeah, but... Well, to be fair, um, the English did used to send prisoners to Australia, so that's why we're... 
it's probably it's just been ingrained for centuries and centuries so it makes sense um new zealand beautiful wildlife you, you love your rugby they've got that yeah and my, and my dad was my dad grew up there for a few years so that'd be oh, did he that's quite interesting so you know i would happily you know go back yeah take take the jump mate does he have a passport then he definitely can get one surely sadly not i don't think so no. i think um no i think he would have been one year short fuck. i think i think his brothers or sisters might be able to i'm not sure his dad definitely should but he doesn't he's too patriotic safe um yeah is there no part of america you like kind of like really really not not even the the east coast new orleans there's a lot of culture you can't get me to go to america other than for a like weekend or maybe a week maximum takes a weekend to fly there pal then back maybe a week maximum like if you're lucky, if if I like it enough, well, should we place our bets? I reckon you'll end up living there for a period of your life. I would, I, would, can, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. And you can come on this podcast and apologize. France, I'd move to a country that spoke a different language than like than English. Obviously, for the obvious reasons that like you get to learn another language, add it to your portfolio, it'd just be sick. Um, different food, different culture. The French, so the French are right on the opposite scale to the Americans because French people have this rep of being very rude. Yeah, like really rude and dismissive. Well, that's and cool. anyone that isn't French tries to speak French. No, 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 no. That's not fair. Right? It's if anyone. Uh, this isn't. This isn't me. This isn't me. This is just assumptions about people from places no i'm just saying like anyone i i get i i hear that a lot but what it is is and i completely understand it well i don't because i I don't i don't think i get moody about it i think i just laugh about it which maybe they're laughing too but in their own arrogant french style but they love people that speak their language they hate people that butcher their language yeah, but that's always gonna happen. Oh yeah, um, yeah, but it, <laughs> it's it's because of the whole French English thing. I was thinking about this. There's a really strong correlation to like, especially I think South. Like, there's a reason we all hate the French, especially in the southeast, right? What is? the closest school trip that is like of genuine importance or historical significance right battle and hastings we're taught from like our first ever history lesson because it's always the first thing you learn in primary school that the french attacked us and yeah they killed our king and then took our land and then from then on, the rest of your life is any time you hear the word France, French, 
like any of that, you make a joke about how you hate the French people or anything bad in your life, you just compare it to France. And it's all because our education system sows these little seeds of hating the yeah. people. Uh, my surname's French, so it's a, I've got a lot of time for the French people. Oh, Mr. Bossy. That's my heritage, mate. I don't know why I said Mr. It's Monsieur. It's, they, I'd have got killed there. I mean, I did the oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, that was that was nice. That was nice. But New Zealand would be lucky to have you, and I hope one day they do. Same. But the, the, this is the other thing, right? I would happily move to France because it's so close to home. Like, pop back on a flight. If you go to New Zealand, yeah, that's not a weekend. No. Like yeah. we, we've got friends from Australia, and they have to like. They come back once a year and they have to come back for like a full month just to spend enough time with people that they like are friends with and family with. Yeah. Which is Yeah, that's no, that's no short school trip. Yeah. That's that's like 24 hours. Which is mad. I wonder if they're gonna find a way to like reduce that in the future. Well they so... did. Once upon a time. Concord. Anyway, um, do you have anything in terms of knowledge about avoiding burnouts? Because I think that would be a really good reason to go to New Zealand. It's a much more laid-back lifestyle and would definitely help anyone from burning out. Because you have been yourself a bit, seemingly, you say, slower recently. You felt a bit more tired, a bit more under it, a bit struggling with the demands of the university and podcast lifestyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's not, it's no light lifestyle, trust me. Believe me, it's, it requires a lot of commitment. Um, just taking a break, to be honest. Um, playing sport, getting, getting active and spending more time with people. Like just spend more time in my housemates and then just chilling a bit more. And just knowing, just reassuring yourself, everything's gonna be okay, it's gonna be fine. And yeah, that's what I did to avoid or regress my burnout. And you can also journal as well, that's quite good. I I know people that do that. But I do that sometimes, but listen, we're all different, just try a lot of methods and find what works for you yeah i think i think the main thing is like not taking on too much because everything you just said then is completely right and those are the things that like help me kind of unwind but you you need to make sure that you build them into like your week or your month or you're like you need yeah. to build, like when you write out that if, if you do like for example like the kind of thing where you're like I've got this to do this week, you need to make sure that included in that you got this to do this week is like, I don't know, go to the pub with a mate, like play football, tennis, rugby, cricket, squash. Go to yeah. you know, spend some time with my family, go on a run, go on a walk, go climbing. 
Good climbing, yeah. It's a good one. But enough about anything that we are talking about because it is time for of the of the week. So, winners of the week, sir. Who has your plaudits this week? Um, Dazed Magazine. Oh, very nice. Is that going to be yours? No, not at all. I've got something. I completely forgot why I'm wearing green, actually. But yeah. Um, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Today. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Day to everyone celebrating. Such I hope you have a great day. Um, but yeah, Days Magazine, because brilliant recently they've been smashing it. Got some brilliant like I was just looking through their Instagram the other day, and they've had some hard hard hitters. Um, they've had Ice Spice recently on the cover. And they've also had Clint 419, two, arguably two of the most influential people in their respective industries at the moment. Would you agree with that? I would agree that Clint is very, um, you know, influential in his industry. Yeah? They've, they've captured a certain demographic of people and, um, like kind of created this juggernaut of fan support that they both have obviously to very different scales like ice spices and with very different levels of yeah yeah ice spice is the people's princess um see this is i don't have a bad word to say about her at all she seems like really really nice like i can't i can never slate her she seems absolutely lovely i just don't know where the talent is, but like, um, and they can remember what that idiot said. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think Gabriel Moses deserves a shout out as well. Um, he's been he's been smashing. Do you know who Gabriel Moses is? I do not. I do not. Uh, just one of Clint's right right hand men, and he's the guy that took pictures for him for Days Magazine. Ah, oh, yes, because it said. Shot by my other word, Dave. and, yeah. I, like, Don't know that and yeah, I I love this resist just oil one they have they've just done. Um, yeah. So days magazine, you've got my plaudits for this week, and you're smashing it. Um, yeah, I do really like days. It's seen photography and fashion in a new light and I think they did an excellent job recently. I also love the way they um you know the link their link in the bio. I love the way they do it. So you press on the link in the bio and then it just shows their Instagram feed again. But then if you press one of the store like one of the posts, it then takes you to the article that the picture on their Instagram feeds from. Which oh, is God, yeah, yeah you're right. I've just done exactly what you said and it does. Which is like really cool. It was either I watched a video from them or read an article from them about um key firing. Yeah. The, the iconic art. Yeah, that was really interesting. It was really informative as well. Cool. Yeah. What about yours? Winner. 
Well, this has reminded me, finally, why I'm wearing green as you say it is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day from a fellow Paddy. But the bigger reason why St. Patrick's Day this year is so important is because St. Patrick's Day Sunday will have the ultimate winner of Johnny Sexton. I just think... Oh, God, you've taken my... Don't worry. Well, uh, okay. (laughs) This is... He just is a winner. Like, this, this... I mean, I know there's a World Cup coming up and Ireland are one of the favourites. Because they ever won a World Cup. Ooh. And they are one of the best teams in the world. Currently, they're ranked number one just because they beat France. But, you know, France have shown that, you know, they're, they're equally as good, if not better, on their day. Um, England, dear me. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, he has played as Ireland's fly half for as pretty much as long as I followed rugby, to be honest. Like, Anytime I've heard Ireland, it's been followed by fly half Johnny Sexton. Um, yeah. He's he's just a great man. And like he's 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 one of those like especially because we're in England, so he's he lights shone on him less in terms of he's one of those people that and it's a niche sport like rugby. Like if you think of sporting greats, Johnny Sexton's never gonna be in that list. But I feel like this man has had an outstanding career and he's achieved some of the highest plaudits that anybody can. And he deserves, and based on how both teams are playing, there's no way Ireland don't smash England on Sunday, by the way. Even if you remove the whole it's Johnny's retirement party at home kind of thing. Um, He deserves everything good that's going to happen on Sunday and I wish Ireland the best of luck but I may be an England fan but I'm probably going to be supporting Ireland on Sunday because I want um, I want them to win for Johnny I wonder how he's feeling right now is he nervous excited hopefully it'll be quite fitting if they won it on like St. Patrick's weekend yeah it's Grand Slam right they could yep. win Grand Slam like, they've, won, they've won the whole thing yeah yeah, it's just the trophy getting a grand slam. Yep. Oh. Um. So, huh? Andy Farrell, uh, a reporter, put it to Andy Farrell, the Ireland coach. Um, Ireland have a lot to lose this weekend. Anyway, um, I would say it's just a game of rugby, and we have nothing to lose at all, which is the attitude I want to hear. Any relation to Owen Farrell? He's Owen's dad, yeah. Oh right, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So An English, English man. who has been called back into the lineup, by the way. Yeah, I heard Smith didn't work too well last week. Oh, oh. Anyway, losers, losers of the week. What are you saying? Um, I have written down here: RFU, England rugby, anything, and anyone else who is English or likes rugby. Damn, that is peak. Uh, do you want to explore that a bit more? Well, I've been denying all week that this game even happened. So, 
That we is, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Defeat at Twickenham that has ever been recorded at the hands of the French. Uh, <laughs> I love the French team. I would like to put that out there, and they proved exactly why. Like every single part of their team was firing on all cylinders. Damian Penner's mm. two like 73rd and 76th minute tries were so nice to watch. Just How you can see them 53. Just to make us like bleed a little bit more at the end of the match for no reason at all, other than he probably hates the English. Um, yeah, Antoine Dupont, best player in the world by some margin, as Jim Hamilton said. And God, he's right, like that man played out of his skin. There's nothing that man can't do with a rugby ball. Um, mm-hmm. they just are insane. Gregor Aldrich completely crashed us to death. Compared to our forwards, who just were a bit of nothing, like they lost in physicality most of the time, as did all of our team. Like a lot has been made about the fact we were on a back foot, which is why Marcus didn't play exceptionally well. Like it's hard, especially when you're on the back foot as a fly half, anyway. But Marcus's style really doesn't suit being on the back foot at all. Like he is a very attacking ten. So the second he's on the back foot, yeah, like, uh, Trent. Yeah, kind of like, like when when you're dominant and you're going forward, he's perfect. And like if you're the dominant team, whereas mm-hmm. if you're under pressure a bit, you can be a bit vulnerable. Yeah, like if if there's not space for Marcus to operate in, yeah, it's not really good because he'll just get swallowed up. Um, yeah, like people said he made quite a few mistakes. He probably did. But so did the whole team. It happens, mate. That's sport for you. Uh, I'd say the biggest worry, to be honest, is this weekend we're now playing our fourth different 10, 12, 13 combination in four games, which means we're about to go into a World Cup and Steve Borthwick doesn't have a clue which of the combinations are his favourite work the best for us um they just is this like kind of karma for sacking mr jones absolutely yeah 100 percent um this is all very well deserved and all the fault of the rfu like i don't dislike steve borthwick in any way i think he's a great man he's a great manager he's walked into a terrible situation by having to replace eddie jones this close to the world cup and not being given adequate time to prepare his players or understand necessarily how he can get the best out of them in the system he wants to play because he's got only so many games that he could have experimented with them with so poor man um but it's all DRFU's fault and I'm sorry to anyone who watched that match and will watch the match in two days because I can't imagine it's going to be as bad to be honest I think we'll be better especially with Owen like as I said before he's a bit more of a steady pair of hands like he's much more a classic 10 he'll 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 do what needs to be done without the flamboyancy of Marcus and I think that will do better than having Marcus and he also wants to probably show his dad why he loves him so um my loser of the week is Liverpool hence why I talked about Trent there um Liverpool must be sick of 
Madrid, both Real and Atletico, because they just seem to go out or get knocked out by them far too often, unfortunately, for them. Obviously lost the final last season and ended up losing 60 in aggregate um, just on Tuesday as well, getting knocked out of Champions League in around 16. And yeah, it must be just disappointing to be Liverpool at the moment. Um, after that, such a high against Manchester United, winning 7-0, um, to then lose to Bournemouth and then have this all-important Champions League um, game, obviously coming in 5-2 downs, going to be difficult against Inform and the holders of Champions League, Real Madrid, who they are just Mr. Champions League, aren't they? That's the heritage. That's where they lie. It's always going to be difficult. But Liverpool over the last few years has struggled dearly to get the better of them. And it seems like that just carries on. Um, so, yeah, um, people talk, there's talk of Trent Alexander Arnold looking a bit knackered in terms of possibly mental fatigue and just his deficiencies as a defender. Um, Liverpool legend Carragher, Jim Carragher, came out and said exactly what I've just quoted there of when you're the dominant team, he's probably brilliant for you for all what he brings to you going forward. But when you're trying to become a dominant team and like you're fighting for that spot again, and you're under the cosh more, under pressure defensively more. You could see him very exposed. It's um, it's complex. Um, he he urged Trent Alexander Arnold to look into the mirror and think about his future. As I don't think it's like his future at Liverpool, but like what he wants kind of thing. Like he's achieved everything in the game so early, and all players peak differently, don't they? So. It, nothing's linear at all. Um, but perhaps a conversation with the manager, get him a new role, perhaps in midfield, might mean they don't have to sign a midfielder because the the, pro, the solution's right there it's, and it's been there for a while. See, but, yeah. The one thing I think about this situation, as you say, like, it looks like a bit of mental fatigue. Is yeah, it? it probably is. Like I, I feel like that's been the way since the start of the season, and I think because like he's made like he's, he's been filmed making a lot of like off the ball defensive mistakes, like scapegoated for a lot of things. Um, and I think yeah, fair enough. A lot of the time he has been defensively poor compared to what he you would expect of like a world class in people's words right back, and he is. Don't get me wrong, like a world class attacking right back for sure. Um, yeah. But I don't think like people treating him like this helps because. Uh, of course, it doesn't. Like, if, if he's already looking like he's mentally down or mentally out about it, for whatever reason, like whatever's going on in his life or in his mind or what, piling it onto him doesn't help make it worse. Yeah, um, yeah, it's also similar thing with Centro as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, also my another loser is probably the FA English FA, like England football team, 
Um, Harry Maguire still happens to be making the squad. Okay. So is Eric Dyer. Uh, Calvin Phillips as well, who never plays. Sorry, six he... minutes of football this season. And he's made the England squad. That's crazy. And this was the manager that promised not to it promised to be different to other managers and not to favor have favoritism and choose players off the clubs, off their clubs, or yeah, nuts. Anyway. Well, quickly, I wanna say on the Man City and 7-0 and Champions League, no, I wanna say an honorable mention for winner of the week that I completely forgot about is Erling Haaland. Yeah. I hope you're happy. Five goals. Well done, big man. Five goals is really impressive. I hate I hate the fact that you exist because you don't play for my team, but it's insane. You are a freak of nature. Um, but yeah, track of the week, Monsieur. Track of the week comes from... Hang on a minute. It's uh, from Sonda. Um, one night only, and it's like Brent Fires is like banned with like some of his friends. Okay. And yeah, Sonda just pretty romantic song. You could say Sonda um, playlist. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, romantic, a uh, very peaceful song. Puts you at ease, relaxing, and like it's good to meditate. To, like it's nice to have one in the background if you're meditating. So that's my song of the week. What about you? Mine is a song by The Roots, um, who are a very good '90s hip hop group or duo. Or I'm not really sure how many of them there are, but there's at least two. Um, featuring Erica Badu, and it's called you got me and it's long been one of my like favorite like classic kind of rap songs um mm. that this whole the album that it's from i can't remember the name of it oh, it's just a really good album there's there's a few others on there that i just really enjoy such as dynamite and act two love of my life um but you got me is a song about like Knowing that wherever your other person is, like, you know, whatever they're doing, whoever they're with, whatever, like, they're yours and you've got them. And mm. so I used to listen to this song all the time anyway, because it's just a good song. And then being in a relationship has made that song quite important for me, because it's like a nice little, like, it's a weirdly reassuring song. Like, it's... Because I just agree with the sentiment of it completely. Like it doesn't matter what I'm doing or where I am. Like Kim has got me, and that's all that matters. Lovely, I love that. Um, audio visual. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine happened yesterday, and oh. it was the schools rugby finals. What schools were in it? Um. The, so in both the under 15 and under 18 vases old swinford hospital played against chisholm chisholm sid grammar um chisholm sid grammar got thrashed 40 to 21 and then in the second game which was the under 15s 
Cup final. Old Swinford Hospital came back for the under-18s Vars final. And then the under-18s final was between Trinity College, who were going for their second win in a row in consecutive years versus Oakham College. I think it got tied in the last kick of the game. And then, or that might have been the one before, but one of the matches ended with a tie, like 33-33, and whoever... Some guy got, up, yeah, one of the teams got a penalty and the fly half missed it. And so it ended 33-33 because the rule is whoever has more conversions wins. And so the other team won because he missed the penalty. Oh, no. Oh, that was it. And Oakham won the final by five points or like three points because their fly half, when they got a couple of penalties, decided to kick for the posts instead of going for the corner. And that's the only reason they won. But a lot of good talent, a lot of really good rugby players. Who knows if we'll see some of them in the future. I didn't listen to it with sound, so I have no clue who any of them are. Can't tell you that. But it was just a nice watch. Like, Yeah. Uh, poor kids. Live and learn. Special shout out to um, old Swinford under 18s, number 8 and number 12. They're both insane. Um, their number 12 ran the whole pitch for one try and like just shrugged off tackles like it was nothing. And the number eight took a tap and go at the five meter line and just like obliterate, like completely bounced two fellas. Like it was beautiful to watch. Um, my audio visual is comes from something on Netflix Ooh. and it's the documentary about the Malaysian Airlines crash. Okay. I've only just started it, but enjoying it and finding it very informative so far. Um, I'm also finding it heartbreaking, I can't lie. Um, I just think journal- journalism and just being in the press must be surely like one of the worst professions because no way you're trying to bombard someone that's just been told that someone they love or their family member's been in a accident and you're going right and taking pictures of them asking questions like there's just no sensitivity in the industry and yeah it's quite an uncomfortable watch in that sense but yeah like I said I only just started it so I'll keep you guys updated but you recommend it um yeah i would nice what's your yeah just a a little disclaimer we are changing garment of the week to thing of the week because over the last couple of weeks we've both ventured outside of what would typically (laughs) as a garment so we're now just doing thing of the week so what is your thing of the week my thing of the week was Black shorts and black football socks. Hear me out. So basically, I played for the Medics 1's team, but I played for the Medics 2 today, uh, today this week, against the Uni 2's. And it was a good game. Like, everyone balled out. We drew 2-2 against the Uni team, who, you know, train three times a week, like, have all this coaching and shit. You know, they do them. Was yeah. But I have red football boots as well. And... Uh, 
the our jersey and our colours for the twos were red and black. And I was, I can't lie, I was stripped out. Like black socks. I just looked so good. Like you shouldn't look that kid when stepping onto a football pitch, but yeah, I, I was just so coordinated. Like I look at it when football is a coordinated, I just think, yeah, that's that's sick. Mm. And then, yeah. My outfit just hit a bit different. So that's my thing of the week. The things that completed the outfit. It's a very humble Mr. Bassey there. Um, Safe. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it looked stunning. So I agree. That was that. I, black and red and white. To be honest, are my like favorite three colors to go together. Yeah. Shout out! Shout out to El Captino ish for giving me the the call up to the team. You know, I obviously love helping the boys and working with them. So mine, if you remember my little rant about GQ, <laughs> months and months ago, I had a rant about GQ on this very podcast. Yeah, you did. Um, so my thing of the week is Esquire. Because oh. unlike GQ, which stands for Gentleman's Quarterly, which comes out every single month, this comes out quarterly and isn't called gentleman's quarterly but comes out quarterly anyway um and it's just like kind of everything that i feel like it's not everything i mean it's not as good i wouldn't say but it's everything that gq used to be nearly that i would prefer it to go back to so this is my thing of the week and that's why um what is your Sports fixture of the week, and why is it Ireland versus England? Well, it's the listen, the weekend. This is St. Patrick's Day today, 17th of March. This weekend is big for all our Irish friends. I feel like family. And I just think that would top the weekend if Ireland were to win that fixture. Like you said, Mr. Sexton's. Finale, look, I, I I'm a romantic when it comes to sports and everything. I want to see I want to see the best possible outcome for people. You know, I want to walk off into the sunset with that Grand Slam trophy and be like, yes, I've got that. That's my sports picture of the week. And so Ireland win a Grand Slam, and obviously England have been very poor recently. So there's a lot riding on it, and I feel like England might feel a lot of pressure in this game. You know, I said before the World Cup. They need to kind of get things sorted because it's looking a bit shady. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, your sports for the week? Funnily enough, mine is, as I always do, a week ahead, is next Saturday the 12th. So when you watch this, this Saturday, the 25th of March, Saracens versus Harlequins at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, otherwise known as Showdown 3. I was trying to get tickets to go because I might have to be in London on that day anyway. So, you know, good excuse. We really not to. Um, and, yeah, like, the teams, the two teams that if you're from around here, you support one of or the other. And I know... Like any of my mates either support Saris or support Quins. And I support Quins, but I've been to as many Saris games as I have Quins. And Classic. you know it's kind of like the London it's like the fake London rivalry, which 
I, you know, I'm excited for because it's always a good match. I, my first ever rugby match was a Quinns versus Sarries game. And it's on ITV, which is very rare for a premiership rugby match. So if the Six Nations finishes on Sunday and if you're like, hang on a second, I need some more free to watch rugby. There's one more game for you, and it is Saturday the 25th. I don't know what time, probably 3 o'clock on ITV. Saracens versus Harlequins. Hopefully a good match. Hopefully all the internationals have returned if they're not given a week of rest. So, therefore, you'll see Farrell and Smith going head-to-head, and that'll be a lovely little spectacular for everyone. Yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I, I look forward to he- hearing about it because I can't say I'll be tuning in now. I can't lie. Keep trying, pal. You don't you don't want to see who's the better fly half unequivocally. Um maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, I hope you enjoy your Saint what are you doing this weekend? You you celebrating somehow? Well, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? So I suppose I am. Oh. Yeah, of course it is. I'll, I'll, I'll get in the paddies, sure. Happy Mother's Day. As a fellow paddy, I can't lose. So. I hope everyone has a great weekend. It's a big weekend. Happy Johnny Sexton Day to all your mothers. Safe. And yeah, it's it's been a pleasure being here. And me. It has. I've enjoyed it. Have a good lecture, sir. Yeah, thanks. Thank you Bye. for joining this week. And see you next week. Bye. Affection. Love and affection. <laughs>